0: What's up, everybody? Glad to see you on this Thursday night. Forgive me for being a day late. I hope you understand. Had to see the end of uh, World Cup qualifying last night. Had to see the end, so I appreciate you guys uh, coming here a day late. And we've got something good. Well, good is, is a relative term. We've got something fun tonight. I saw an SEC quarterback ranking list that I don't like at all. So we're going to talk about that tonight. My name is Michael Borky, if you didn't know that by, you know, looking all over the place. I'm glad that you're with me. And while I'm stalling and sharing the show, uh, a couple of things. First, if you have not already, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, So just right here, Michael Borky on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Actually like the video as well, that'll help me a ton. And ring the notification bell. Hit that little bell. So, you know, anytime I go live or post a new video, uh, you can also follow on Facebook and Twitter at Michael Borke if you'd like. And also, uh, again, on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. And if you're on Twitter, you cannot comment. And I would love for you to comment and be a part of this. So hop on over to either one of those platforms and you can be a part. Just give me one second. Let me get this out there on Twitter and then we can uh, then we can get started and then we can get started. Uh, I'm going to do more backport stuff. I enjoyed that, actually. And it seems like a lot of you did as well. I've got some of the kinks worked out, like privacy settings and stuff. Make that a little bit more fun uh, next time. So give me one second. You guys are doing well. All right, that is done. That is done. All right, hope you guys are doing well on this Thursday. So here it is. I'll show you this list, this list that I'm going to dissect with you, and we'll give you a better one. This comes courtesy of, and, you know, I would usually make fun of this, but it also is a little bit more helpful. Uh, Saturday Down South took a list that Athlon made, And made a nice little graphic. Uh, They should consider possibly making their own list, but I appreciate them putting it like this so I can share it with you and we can dissect it together. We talked about this this a little bit on uh, on the radio show today. But um, anyway, here you go. There it is. Uh, This is the list from Saturday Down South, uh, who made a graphic from Athlon's list. It's quarterback rankings in the SEC. 1-14, 1-14, through 14, even though there's 15 of them listed, 1-14 through 14 quarterback rankings in the SEC. Should I start with the bottom or the top? Bottom or the top. I'll start with the top. Bryce Young, number one. I don't think anybody has any qualms with that. For some reason, my internet's acting up as well. It looks a little bit better. Zach says, 100% forgot about Spencer Rattler going to South Carolina. I know, right? I, uh, man, remember this time last year. The conversations we were having about Spencer Rattler. You remember that? How he was sure-fired, number one overall pick, Heisman Trophy winner, all that stuff. You guys remember that? Crazy times. Crazy times. Now he's at South Carolina. I mean, he's really talented, don't get me wrong, but yeah, I think uh, five is a little optimistic on this list, no doubt. What's up, Harvey? Good to see you. And uh, CJ, how's Miles Brennan nine when he hasn't played in a year and a half? All right, let's get to it, especially for those of you in podcast form. Uh, Bryce Young, number one, not even worth it. Not not even worth it, whatever. Bryce Young, number one, that's fine. I know that a lot of people say he's a product of the talent around him. I disagree. When you watch him play and the throws he makes, paired with the athleticism, paired with um, the calmness that he plays for, a relatively young quarterback anyway, Uh, he's got everything you want. I know he plays at Alabama, and it helps to play quarterback at Alabama. Hell, Greg McElroy looks good playing quarterback at Alabama. So if he can do it, a lot of people can. Um, But Bryce Young is more than just a guy that is benefiting from the talent around him. Bryce Young is as elite of a quarterback as you can get. Uh, So number one, that's fine. Number two, I actually love this pick. I think Athlon nailed this one. Absolutely nailed this one. Hendon Hooker, number two going into this season. uh, I agree with it completely. I I think Hendon Hooker is going to become a household name at the end of the season. And I know, I like to make fun of it myself. I know. But the Vols are back thing. I like to mock it. Everybody says every year the Vols are back. This is Tennessee's year, and they just recycle bad hires after bad hires after bad hires and bad teams, and Alabama owns them. I think that the Vols might actually be back this time, led by Hendon Hooker. I love this kid. I think he has got every uh, skill that you want, especially with the offense that he runs. What blows my mind is that he didn't start the season as the starter. I, I am I just have a hard time believing that, that Milton practiced better than Hooker, but whatever. They they finally got to that point, but you saw it at the end of the year, especially how talented he is, especially battling injury. But you look at, and what impressed me the most about Hinden Hinden Hooker last year uh, was two games that he lost, Georgia and Alabama. Look at his numbers when he played Georgia and when he played Alabama. Now, are they 450 yards and seven touchdowns? No, they're not that but high completion percentage, did turn the ball over a couple of times, but had four touchdowns, high per- completion percentages in both games, and his team was completely and totally physically 100% overmatched in both of those games, but he played well, and he held him, he held his own despite the complete and total overmatch. I love Hendon Hooker at two. I think that's a good pick. They have K.J. Jefferson at three. I think that that won't end that way. And I like K.J. Jefferson. I do. I mean, good runner, physical guy. Um, I, I'm just not in love with him in the same way that I am hooker, in the same way that I am even some other guys on this list. I think he's good. I think he's capable. Um, but having him at three is more of a projection than than anything else. I, I'm not really high on Arkansas as some people are this year. I, I think it's just going to be another, you know, eight and four, eight and four type football team. They'll be good. They'll be frustrating to play. You won't want to go to Fayetteville and play them. I'm just I'm not as much of a believer uh, in Arkansas and KJ Jefferson as apparently Athlon is. Especially, I mean, I get it right now too because this is more about what we know versus what. It's going to end up being, if I had to project anybody to fall the most on this list, my pick would be K.J. Jefferson. And the person I think's going to rise on this list the most, we'll get to here in a little bit. So Jefferson at three, Will Rogers at four. Uh, uh, record-breaking season last year, he, he's going to throw for a bunch of yards. He's going to complete a bunch of passes. Uh, I mean, that's the nature of the offense that he plays in. Uh, I like seeing him get a little respect here. I think across the SEC he won't get that because, as you guys have seen in the past with Mike Leach quarterbacks, uh, they're graded on a curve. Uh, they're looked at a little bit differently because of the system, but Will Rogers absolutely did improve as the year went on this year, absolutely did improve as the year went on. Um, getting credit for having that year I think is a good thing, and I appreciate Athlon uh, for uh, for doing that. He did get better, uh, but that system just – it's not conducive of great quarterback hype, if that makes sense. I mean, this is off-season conversation, right? This is not conducive of great off-season hype because people just expect whoever it is, it doesn't matter who it is, to just line up and complete a bunch of passes at a high rate and throw touchdowns and a bunch of yards because that's what the system is, and so quarterbacks in Mike Leach's system have to be especially special if that makes sense for them to really get due praise, but at least Athlon is, is giving him some credit here. And for that, um, or I'm appreciative for that. Number five, they have Spencer Rattler. I think that is exclusively hype as exclusively hype. He's very talented. And and that's all he's shown so far is just talent. Uh, I talked about this. If you guys were with me uh, during the season, if you ever listen to the radio show, I was calling the Spencer and, you know, Far be it for me to brag, but when I get so few things right, I kind of have to brag on myself from time to time. I called the Spencer Rattler thing this time last year. I knew it was going to go down that way. So much hype, so much undue hype, and, and it was followed up. There's talent there. I think that in terms of leadership and, and gravitas that the quarterback position requires, uh, he doesn't have that. Uh, you, you've heard and seen things uh, that indicate an issue, regardless of what his coach says. I, I love some media back in my home state that oh, Shane Beamer, Shane Beamer said that there's no issue at all there, and and that's just that's just people, that's just rumors. That's not true. And so yeah, yeah, tell him, coach, what is Shane Beamer supposed to say? What is he supposed to say? Um, because he's not going to be honest. Yeah, look, this guy was a locker room problem at Oklahoma, but we think he's really talented. He's more talented than the guys we got, so we hope he can come here, get humbled, and play better. He can't say that. So he's got to – no, that's not true. That's He's not a locker room cancer at all, even though there's clear evidence that that's the case. And No, everybody loves him around here, even though the student body was begging for him to get pulled from games because they hated him so much that that – Is a real thing that can be fixed. We saw it with Matt Corral. Matt Corral came into Ole Miss with an attitude and matured and became a valuable teammate and a valuable quarterback. The same thing can happen. Absolutely, it can happen with Spencer Rattler. I would like to see it first. Number six, Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett at number six from Georgia. Here's the thing about Stetson Bennett I know. That he's a great story. The the mailman wearing the hat to camps to get people to notice him. It's an awesome story. And he won a national championship. You guys know how hard it is to win a national championship. But let me ask you a question this way. Will Levis is behind Stetson Bennett. This is probably the most difficult of the propositions I'm going to give you. But bear with me. Would Mark Stoops trade Will Levis for Stetson Bennett? Next one, Jackson Dart at eight. Would Lane Kiffin trade Jackson Dart for Stetson Bennett? No. Miles Brennan, I don't think, is going to start at LSU. But let's just, for the sake of this graphic, talk about Miles Brennan at nine. Would Brian Kelly trade Miles Brennan for Stetson Bennett? Maybe. Maybe. I don't think so. Would Billy Napier trade Anthony Richardson for Stetson Bennett? I don't think so. So I I understand what they're doing, and winning a national championship is hard. And nobody ranked behind him has won a national championship. But again I ask, would Lane Kiffin trade Jackson Dart for Stetson Bennett? Would Billy Napier trade Anthony Richardson for Stetson Bennett? No. No, they wouldn't. So I like that they gave him respect because he can't get any respect at all. That's the, best, that's the best Ronnie Dangerfield I'll give you. But when you ask it that way, he's not the sixth-best quarterback in the SEC entering this season. Either way. Will Leff is at seven. He's perfectly average. Kentucky's going to be good again this year. They return a bunch of guys, uh, but I think they're limited at that position. They'll win some games, but the the dynamic playmaker that people tried to sell you on last year at quarterback is is not that. He's good. He's capable. He's competent. Perfectly average. Seven is a very nice spot for him. Perfectly average. Number eight, again, they have Jackson Dart. Here's what I've tried to warn people, Ole Miss people, about with Jackson Dart. Because I've, you know, talked to people over the last few days and, you know, just fans that are saying things like, you know, Ole Miss is going to win national championship. Mostly sarcastic, but there, there are people that think that they are still, you know, a 10-win team, the, the kind of team that's going to go back to the sugar Bowl, or something like that and it's possible very possible I think on paper the roster might be better than the one that they had a year ago across the board I think they're going to be at least deeper at wide receiver I think they'll be better on the offensive line they've got more depth on the defensive line but they don't have Sam Williams that'll hurt They've got more depth in the secondary. It might be on paper a better team, but the one glaring thing is they don't have Matt Corral anymore. And Jackson Dart's ceiling, as Michael Jordan famously said, is the roof. His ceiling is the roof. He's got a very, very, very tall ceiling, but you've got to remember he's young. He's still very young. Should have been in high school last year. He's very raw. I mean, a year ago, he had a handful of starts at the Power Five level, but it was at a place where his coach was fired. The system was bad. Um, You had a bunch of assistants that were getting their resumes ready, looking for their next gig. Going from that and transitioning to the SEC is a difficult one. And you know their schedule. The first six weeks for Ole Miss are extremely easy, and that's great. It's very easy, first six games. And that'll help ease him into it some. But the thing is, he's raw. And if you're expecting a finished product, if you're expecting Ole Miss offensively at the quarterback position to not miss a beat uh, without Matt Corral into the Jackson Dart era, uh, I I think you're setting unfair expectations to the young man. He's super talented. And by the end of the year, maybe he'll get there. But based on what I'm hearing – The talent is there, but he's raw. And luckily for you, Lane Kiffin's a very, 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 very good quarterback coach, and he can coach him up, and and I I expect him to be really good. But um, I do think that some people are putting unfair expectations on him. Don't expect a finished product this year. He's very young and very raw. And CJ, I'm glad you brought this up. What about Luke Altmeier? Um, I'm getting—I've gotten into some semantics conversations with people, I guess, because I, I expect Lane Kiffin to avoid naming a starting quarterback until like game week, when it's Troy. On like the Wednesday of game week, he might even wait until game day, as long as Luke Altmaier sticks around until then. Um, I've had people say, though, that there's not a quarterback competition, that don't talk about a competition because there's not one. Um, Maybe this is semantics. But yes, there is. There absolutely is. You think that Lane Kiffin is just going to hand Jackson Dart the job without having to separate himself and prove that he's won it? I think you're crazy. Now, do I expect that to be the case? I I do, because I think he's talented. But if you think that, again, Lane Kiffin, if you think Lane Kiffin is going to give Jackson Dart the job and just hand it to him without him having to prove it, without Jackson Dart separating from Luke Altmeyer where the team notices it, I think you're crazy. I think you are crazy if you think that that is happening here, that the job was promised to Jackson Dart. I don't believe that the job was promised to him because Lane Kiffin's the kind of guy that does not care about that stuff. He will have to separate to win this job. Same thing with Luke Altmyer, too. It goes both ways. Maybe it's semantics, but I, I hear people talk about that. And I just, I disagree. I don't think it's been promised. He has got to show that he will separate. And, and people talk about Luke Altmyer like he's some kind of slouch. He's not. He's absolutely not. He's perfectly capable. I expect it to be Dart based on what I'm hearing with talent and stuff like that. He he looks like he's got more upside, but he's got to separate first. Maybe that's semantics. I don't know. But anyway, he's got to separate first. Miles Brennan, I don't think, is going to start at LSU. That's one big issue I have with this list, is I don't think Miles Brennan is going to be the starter at LSU. Anthony Richardson is my pick for a guy that will, will end up way higher on this list than he starts This season, I think Billy Napier is going to use him in such an appropriate way that I I wouldn't be surprised at all if you're doing this. If we conduct this exercise in what is it, Uh, eight months? If we conduct this exercise in eight months, I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony Richardson is somewhere up here as opposed to somewhere down at uh, at number ten. Number 11, they have Haynes King at Texas A&M. I, I guess he, he's expected to start. I mean, he was the guy that was supposed to start last year until he got hurt, and Zach Calzada played and played okay. We had this conversation on the radio show today a little bit. Think back to that. I'm talking a lot about Ole Miss tonight. Forgive me, you, you State fans, but I think you get my point. Um, think back to that Ole Miss-Texas A&M game, and there's a reason I bring that game up. There was a story in ESPN by Bill Connolly about analytics, and it was really just mostly focusing on fourth-down decision-making. But Bill Connolly looked at years passing college football, um, and it, obviously Lane Kiffin was featured because in, in terms of major college football, he's kind of like the lead guy on going forward on basically every fourth down Um talked about how he's explained to his defense his philosophy there and it's not about him not believing in them it's more about him believing in the numbers and what that does for you stuff like that um and college football as a whole is trending more and more and more into that realm of going for it on fourth down more there's an obvious trend in that direction because as it turns out it's the best strategy but one guy that refuses to do it is Jimbo Fisher won't do it I mean, Kiffin was even quoted in the story and and said that doesn't matter what the down and, or what the distance is where you are on the field. If you get A and stopped on third down, Jimbo Fisher is going to punt you the football or kick a field goal that he just does not go for it on fourth down. And, and Fisher was quoted once saying, and I'm paraphrasing, that football is not played in a book; it's played on the field, and so he does not take analytics into account when making those kind of decisions. That he's always going to punt the football. Here's why I brought up the Ole Miss AM game. Two reasons. First one, you remember when Ole Miss went forward on fourth down, fourth and goal from like the two, and they didn't get it? I was in the stadium that night. I remember all the groaning, the, the, the angst from fans about that decision. Two plays later, Ole Miss sacks Texas AM, gets two points, and the football back. That is a more valuable play than kicking a field goal there. And Ole Miss won the game that night. But look at the two rosters. I understand Ole Miss had the better quarterback, but at that point in the season, he was so banged up, he wasn't practicing, and he was taking numbing shots in his ankle, and when those wore off, he, could, he had a hard time stepping in the throws. His ankles were so beat up at that point in the season. Ole Miss had no business beating Texas A&M that night. None. No business beating Texas A&M that night. Well, why did they? Analytics, but more importantly, and more of the right answer, coaching. Coaching. And so I know that a and has got the money that, that can build a roster that would be almost impossible to lose with. But if this works out, if this is accurate, if Athlon is right, and Haynes King is the 11th best quarterback in the SEC, and a and spends another year this far, away from the top programs in their league at the quarterback position, you're going to have another season just like last year because the inability to adapt and move forward from the head coach at Texas A&M was evident a year ago. And if he doesn't change, and based on his quotes, it sounds like he's not, the return on the investment, if you will, not going to be good enough. Auburn's out Calzada. He may not start there either. I mean, it may not be him. They got a transfer from Morgan, but they have him at 12. Brady Cook, the Missouri quarterback at 13. And then they just put the Vanderbilt guys, whichever one, at the bottom at 14. Um, for what it's worth, I like one and two. I think that's fine. Uh, I would put Rodgers at three. Jefferson at four. Uh, I would move uh, Richardson, Dart up to up those two spots. Levis behind there and then just fill it in as you will. Maybe Daniels as well from LSU because I expect him to start over Brennan in that same category, but that's the adjustment I would make. I would keep King, Calzada, Cook, Seals right at the bottom. I would move Anthony Richardson further up. Uh, Will Levis, I think what I would put at 10. Uh, I would move Spencer Rattler down somewhere to to 8 or 9 and then fill them in the rest that way. That's what I would do. But uh, hey, I appreciate Athlon for the content, though they do a really good job. List season is great for for Athlon. Uh, so anyway, a lot of your comments here. Let's uh, let's see. How is Miles Brennan at number nine? He hasn't played in a year and a half, and I mean those three games. Don't get me wrong; he played really, really well, but it was Missouri and Vanderbilt and not a particularly good Mississippi state team. Now the defense was good for Mississippi state, but not a particularly good Mississippi state team. Um, and he had bad turnovers that day too. So have to, to grade him on, on a curve. Um, one of the co-hosts on our radio show, uh, said that miles Brennan, if you look at his body of work working compared to Jackson darts, Brennan should be ahead of dart. And, uh, I, I think a little context needs to be applied with his three games versus Dart six and the situations and age and stuff like that. But you know, Zach, no, we're not sure Miles Brennan starting at LSU. In fact, I'd, I'd put my money on the Arizona State transfer to start at uh, that LSU. Brown Yeti says Bennett is still there. What is this, the mailman's seventh year? Uh I'll tell you what, man. I don't think, I think what, he's going to get Kelly Bryant. Bryanted. Kelly Bryanted. <laughs> um A. I'm spelling it correctly. Anyway, sorry, I'm trying to get their, their schedule up. I think he's gonna get Kelly Bryanted because they have more talent behind him, just like Clemson had more talent behind Kelly Bryant. You guys remember Trevor Lawrence's first year? He didn't play his first four games. You guys remember that? And Dabo Sweeney, to his everlasting credit, made a difficult decision. Bryant was a guy that was already there. He was a guy that took them to the playoff the year prior. But he knew, he knew that there was better. And because he knew that there was better, he made the decision, despite Clemson being good and playing well there was just better behind him. And to maximize your team's ceiling, you've got to maximize the most important position on the field, and that's quarterback. It's going to happen with Georgia as well. It may not be four games. It may be a little bit longer. But I think Georgia, I mean, when they play Florida on October 29th, Stetson Bennett will not be their starting quarterback. Now, they get the benefit of a really easy schedule to start. Uh, They're playing Oregon and Atlanta. New coaching staff, Dan Lanning, kind of a homecoming, if you will, playing his old team uh, in Atlanta. They have Samford at South Carolina, which might get a little testy for them. Kent State, Missouri, and Auburn, they have to go to Missouri, but let's be honest. Uh, Auburn at home, Vanderbilt at home before the cocktail party. I think by then, you are going to have a different starting quarterback at Georgia, just like Kelly Bryant. Because Kirby Smart knows, as great as Stetson Bennett, has been for them in as great of a story as he is, let's be honest, they've got more talented behind them. And the goal at a place like that, with the investment that they've made into their program, read into that exactly what I'm saying, Uh, the goal is to win a national championship on an annual basis. There is a ceiling for this team. And there was one last year, and they won the thing. So it sounds crazy. But I think you guys know and see what I'm talking about. If they're going to win a national championship, their best chance to do it is not what they're currently doing. It worked out last year. I don't think it will again. Zach says, I'm 25 now and played against Miles Brennan in high school. Wow. Wow. He was a great player in high school. He was. Um, I hope that uh, he gets a chance to play and play somewhere. He says, Rattler look average at Oklahoma, and I could look average at Oklahoma. That's the thing that – it's very simple. Sometimes I have – I develop takes that I like, and I stick to them, and I just keep rattling them off. Spencer Rattler was in the most quarterback-friendly system in all of college football, coached by possibly the best quarterback coach in all of college football when you consider the three guys that predated him – and where they went, Heisman Trophy winners, starters in the NFL. I know Baker's flaming out, but you know what I'm talking about. He took an Alabama reject and made him a starting quarterback in the NFL. Lincoln Riley has the most quarterback-friendly system in college football. He's one of, if not the best quarterback coach in college football, and they play in the Big 12. He couldn't work in that situation. And you're going to get him to South Carolina, away from Lincoln Riley in that system, with a worse roster compared to your opponents in the SEC, and now suddenly the light bulb's going to come on? Okay. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Where would Luke Altmaier rank on this list? I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. That's a good question. Um, Somewhere in the King, Calzada, Cook, seals right category I mean he's only really played in one game and he was fine but that's all you got you know so it'd be somewhere in there Jason don't apologize for being late man glad uh, glad you're with us training him now to get some rabbit for the grill Jason come on man (laughs) toughen him up a little bit I like it Brownie says there's always competition you limit yourself if you don't constantly have competition yeah and remember this is the same guy I, I can't remember where I said this but this is the same guy that when he took over as head coach at Ole Miss there was a returning starter in John Rice Plumley, and it wasn't just the the Jackson Prep mom's Facebook page that was obsessed with John Rice Plumley. he was the returning starter and the locals love him. Everybody loves this guy. Look at him run. Did you see him run? Oh, my gosh. I know we got beat by 21 points to LSU, but did you see that kid run? Kiffin didn't care. Didn't matter. He played the best guy. I promise you it would have been easier for his program to market a John Rice Plumlee starting quarterback situation. Didn't matter. He was the, returning, he was the incumbent starter. Ran for 1,000 yards in the SEC at the quarterback position. Didn't matter. You think Jackson Dart and his puka shells uh, is just going to be handed a job? John Rice Plumlee wasn't just handed his own job; lost it. Despite all the advantages that you could want for your quarterback, incumbent starter, locker room loves him, ran for a bunch of yards, all this hype, all this stuff didn't matter. It's Jackson Dart. Bunch of hype, high ceiling high-profile recruit, all these things working in his favor. But I promise you, Kiffin does not care if he does not separate. He's not winning the job. It's that simple. He just doesn't care about stuff like that. Oh, but he got an NIL deal. Doesn't matter. Winning's more important. That being said, I expect him to win the job. But still, I expect it to be a competition too. Jason says, I hope Anthony Richardson has grown up since last year. Can't be concussing himself while doing stupid stuff like last year. Napier won't play him either. Um, Yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, He needs room to grow. Just like Jackson Dart needs room to grow. I suspect Napier will be more structured, which will help him a lot. But the talent, the raw ability, it's off the charts for that guy. Jason, I disagree with you. You said if KJ Jefferson wasn't number two, I call shenanigans. Unless I'm missing what the list is about, I think Hendon Hooker is more impressive. I do. I think Hendon Hooker is more impressive, especially at the end of the year, even when banged up against the two best teams in college football. He performed well. I think that guy will be a household name. Here's your take of the night. Uh, I think Hendon Hooker is going to be next year's. Kenny Pickett, a guy that nobody talked about at all. Nobody talked about Kenny Pickett until at, like until you know during the season when he blew up on the scene. I think Hidden Hooker is going to be that guy for uh, for Tennessee. Jason says it's not just about talent at Georgia. Bennett fits what they want to do: run the ball, play action, and play suffocating defense. I don't see Kirby benching him unless he starts turning the ball over the only reason why they're not more than that is because they were limited at quarterback last year. I promise you they want to be more than that. They just can't. That Being more than that is what's going to continue to beat Alabama and what's going to beat Ohio State and Clemson. Just playing defense and running the ball is not going to be enough uh, every year, which is the goal. Paul says KJ Jefferson needs to take the next step to be more of a passer, like Dak became his senior year, not saying D- KJ is, is Dak. Mike is popping a bit. Hmm. Is it bad? Is it really bad? I'll bring the level down a little bit. This thing's just old, cheap. I mean, that's all that's all I could afford, you know? <laughs> I'll have money for the good stuff. You guys got to subscribe more. Um, Yeah, I mean, this is a 20-year-old setup, so I hope it's not too bad. But, yeah, especially intermediate throws for KJ. Um, Really needs to get more accurate there. Should have beaten Ole Miss if he was better. If he was better there, probably would have won the game. Jason, I feel you on this one. He says, God help us if Georgia goes to a fun and gun with that defense. Yeah. I, uh, I feel you. We got big baseball series this weekend. I hope you guys are excited for it. Uh, should be fun in Fayetteville with State and Arkansas. I didn't know until this week. I mean, I guess I'd, I would have known if if I thought about it, but Chris Limonis has never beaten Arkansas. And I'm not talking about in a series. I'm talking about has not won a game over Arkansas yet. Um, that needs to change this weekend. I expect it to. Uh, I mean, I really like State's situation on Sundays anyway. Um, they have one of the better, if not the best. No, not the best. Tennessee might have the best. Uh, one of the best Sunday starters in the SEC. Uh, they're really going to feel good on game threes and hope Chris Lemonis doesn't um doesn't mess with that. Zach, they've played twice um, five, six series sweeps in a row. I think has it been that bad? But I know Crystal Monus has never beaten them, never beaten Arkansas. Um, but anyway, I hope he doesn't adjust that. Keep Sunday what it is and figure out the first two days because you have a great advantage on Sunday against basically everybody you'll play. And on the flip side for Ole Miss, they're going to uh, Lucha, who hasn't started a game for them this year on Friday, and then TBA, TBA. I said this on the radio show, and I'll say this again to you guys. The the pitching situation at Ole Miss, I mean, when you've got bad personnel, that is the direct responsibility of the coach. Coach builds the roster. The coach develops the roster. If there are holes in the roster, it's the coach's fault, barring injury. Injury can blow things up. They haven't had that this year. But you do have to give credit to somebody willing to decide to essentially blow it up and keep experimenting because it would have been very easy to just be like, you know, Tennessee's really good. I'm going to keep the rotation the same and beat Kentucky next weekend because Tennessee's just that good. That would have been the stubborn thing to do. But he knows it's not sustainable. It's not just a Tennessee problem. This has been their problem all year. So credit to him for kind of blowing it up and reassessing everything and continue to experiment and experiment until you figure something out because what you trotted out there last weekend and what you've trotted out there all season long is not even winning a regional, let alone a Super and taking you to Omaha. You have to make changes. You have to blow it up and find something because if you're going to reach your stated goal, I mean, you literally do the Omaha challenge during the offseason, what they threw out there last weekend and all season was not going to get that job done. So credit to them for... uh, changing it up. Brown Yeti says that's why State will take two. That would be huge for them. I mean, honestly, I know some fans don't like this. I think a successful weekend in Fayetteville, successful is a relative term. I think you should be okay if they go up there and just take one game. Don't call it a success because losing a series is not a success. But if you go up there and get one, you come back, you feel fine. If you get two, throw a party because that's that's a a really successful weekend. Uh, Jason, they've transferred portaled really well. Uh, They've got one wide receiver they're really high on anyway, but a couple of guys at the portal. I'm not in love with Arkansas skill positions. I think they're going to have a hard time, which sounds crazy in a Kendall Bryles coached offense, but I think they're going to struggle at times to score this year. I, I like... Everybody but Auburn's skilled positions in in the SEC West more than I do Arkansas. So, Texas. Yeah, the past five series have been sweeps: two for State and three for Arkansas. With 2020 obviously being canceled. Yeah. So, Chris Lamontis has never beaten Arkansas. It's crazy, right? That is uh, that is crazy. So, anyway. Assuming State can protect Rodgers any any bit better this season outside of Cross, is he in the Heisman race? I mean, he, he isn't dismissed because of the system. I said this earlier. You, you may have joined late. He will always be dismissed because of the system. Every quarterback that Mike Leach coaches will be first dismissed because of the system. The, the numbers will not be taken the same as other numbers. I don't think it's fair, but it is what it is. It's just the truth. I don't think it's fair. But Will Rogers will be graded on a curve when it comes to that kind of stuff because of the system he plays in. It's not fair, but but that's how it is. Um, so, no, I, I mean, they'll have to win 10 games or so to get him in that conversation, and the numbers have to be basically perfect because people dismiss because of the system. Um, but that's the big question. I mean, I, I've I've already heard – Other people, not affiliated with with me or or my company, say things like, oh, they'll be just fine without Cross, and they feel really good about this guy stepping right in and filling that role. And you can protect well, but let's chill on the, oh, this guy will be just like Cross. And by the way, I'm doing the same thing about the quarterback at Ole Miss, so don't even try to spin me on that. Uh, When you lose the type of talent that Charles Cross is and that Matt Corral is, the next guy doesn't just step right in and replace him. This isn't Alabama we're talking about here. Um, there isn't a Charles Cross on Mississippi State's roster right now. Right now, there's not. There's not a Matt Corral on Ole Miss's roster r- right now. That could change. But today, not there. Not there. And that's okay. They don't have to be. But I just. I think that puts really unfair pressure on these kids. When you say, oh, this guy's going to step in and he's going to fill the Charles Cross role. No, he's not. Don't expect him to. Don't expect him to because he won't. I'm more concerned about right tackle than I am left because you weren't great at that last year and, and you lost the guy. And I, Anyway, I, I just you can be better on the offensive line for State and not have somebody that fills the Charles Cross role. It's not the same. Don't put that kind of pressure on him. Exactly, Jason. What you can do is protect better at the other four spots. That's what you can do. Because if you think that whoever wins the left tackle battle at State is going to produce like Cross, you are setting unfair expectations on the kid. They've got to be better across the board, not just replacing Charles Cross. The whole unit's got to be better. I think they can. Don't get me wrong. But that has to be done. So... Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I will see you again on Sunday. Uh, possibly from the back porch. We might do that again. That was fun. So uh, anyway, I'll see you guys on Sunday. Don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for tuning in as uh, as a lot of you always do. Anyway, I appreciate you. We'll get back to the Wednesday, Sunday. The answer is uh, I'll get to this last message and then I got to go. The answer is how many games does state win? Eight. Um, if if the over under is seven and a half, I would take the over for whatever that's worth to you. Um, I think they'll win all of their non-conference games, which helps, um, I mean, they're, they're going to beat Memphis by four touchdowns, I think, to start the season. Although you beat NC State last year, replacing NC State with Arizona is a downgrading competition, which is a good thing for you. Um, you know, you, you have Georgia, which, which really sucks. Um, but, yeah, if, if seven and a half was the over-under, I would take the over. For what that is. Uh, anyway. Thank you, guys. I'll, uh, I'll see you Sunday. You'll have a good one.